0: Faith and love starts with faith in you. Know yourself to grow yourself and discover the DNA of love with Dr. Williams every Wednesday at 4 p.m.
1: How to know when it's time to break up. So if you want to give me your thoughts on that.
0: Okay. Um, well, there, there's a few key ways to to know when the right time is. So more than anything we have to set up as the reasons typically why people break up in the first place so usually it's around competing time demands compatibility is a big one uh distance is a huge one uh, military specific that's actually really important when most other times where you see there's cheating or infidelity or breaking up of, or splitting of families distance plays a huge role in addition to the time demands of the military so that's one side of it but then we look at like okay once we have this trend of why people break up if you are in a position where in a relationship friendship like you said friendship or otherwise uh dating marriage etc how do you know when the right time is and that's it's a tricky question because you have logistics but we when i say logistics i'm talking kids fat finance etc if you can remove all that and look at it just from a strictly emotional and one-on-one like i'm dating this person standpoint now we now that's, that's where i think the fun begins uh for me, at least, as a, as a, as a doc versus uh, the person in the relationship, that's where it gets kind of rocky for them, typically. So more than anything, so we're looking at boundaries. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Uh, boundaries are incredibly, incredibly important for knowing when to actually leave a situation. Those boundaries are not just external towards the person, but internal fighting against your own typical behavior or your own personal narratives. Uh,
1: And, you know, I think when it comes to boundaries, sometimes they can be hard to set up because sometimes you get a little emotionally involved in things. It's like, well, this person, you know, they were so sweet, you know, back then, back then, or, you know, you have these fond memories, but one person I actually listened to through a podcast, they said, I can come into your life and I can tell you exactly how to spend your money, but that's not going to work for you because you have this emotional investment. And You may know that this person really needs help and you want to help invest in that person, but Sometimes it's finding those boundaries of what's healthy.
0: And part of that is saving face internally, and that's setting your boundary or naming your price early. So if I draw a line in the sand for myself, anytime I find myself encroaching upon that line, I put myself in a situation where I have to look in the mirror and either accept that I'm disrespecting my own boundaries, or it encourages me or gives me the energy now to actually. Maintain those boundaries towards the person that I'm actually connected with emotionally, and it, if you do it early enough, potentially uh, first date even, you don't put yourself in a position where you're dedicating time, which we talked about last week, is currency. Like if I give you my time, I'm giving you money, essentially emotional dollars, and I'm spending them on this person, which is why people stay in those relationships long term because they've invested so much. And if you invest X amount of dollars into any particular person or thing, by all means, you feel obligated to see it out until that business sort of fails
1: now as as the love doctor you probably you have a lot of people coming to you for advice so you know what what advice do you say when someone comes up to you and be like hey you know i really love this person but i think it may be time you know to just part ways what what's the advice you would give to someone like that
0: what are you gaining and what are you losing what are you willing to give and what are you willing to let go of I think those are two important questions that people tend to ask right before they break up. But asking those questions early on is like the idea of a prenuptial agreement. It's an awkward conversation. The conversation starts with, you know what, I'm planning our divorce if it were to happen, which is tough, but it's it's a conversation that shouldn't necessarily happen in the context of a prenuptial agreement, but in the start of a relationship, like just knowing, okay, well, if things start to go south for me as a person in this diet what does that even look like mm-hmm. and then what am i willing to commit to for myself and that person and then what am i willing to give up so if you're not happy like happiness is something that people concede oftentimes for their kids for the person that they're with like there's a such thing as loving a person so much that you give your love to that person and not yourself uh, which is a very uneven dynamic
1: so, now we're going to look at some of what our you know listeners on Facebook are saying.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: So, you know, when asked the question, how do you know when it's time to break out? Um, one of our listeners said, when you've been together for five years and they haven't proposed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Um, that one comes up a lot, honestly, when you think about the idea of like that time investment, like I've given five years and they haven't proposed, this is where questions become, uh, data gathering opportunities. So I'm with someone for five years and they haven't proposed. I have to realistically ask myself, why? What's behind it? And it could be something benign. It could be nerves. Like there have been situations like with, I'm married and like before proposing, like what hung me up on like when to do it was not wanting to mess it up. (laughs) <laughs> and it took a while to know not to mess it up or to figure out a way to do it in a way that felt best for me, um, which is it, for each person might take some time. Or the more unpleasant uh, concept is that maybe this person doesn't want to propose. Yeah. And that might be true.
1: OK, so one of our other listeners said that they have a lot of debt that they don't disclose. To their partner? Yes.
0: That's a big one. So that's so we're going to talk about that on a different uh, day, particularly when it comes to the idea of trust and fidelity in a relationship. So if you have information, not just dating or marriage, but like from an f- even friendship perspective, if I have information that I cannot share with you, there's an implication that there's no safety there or there's limited safety. Because if I give you certain data points and you judge me for them and they are relatively, now, caveat, how much do they owe? <laughs> <laughs> because if we're talking several million, then you know that's a problem. But if you owe a few thousand because of a legitimate purchase or series of purchases, then by all means, conversate.
1: Okay. And one of our other viewers actually said that when they're looking at other people.
0: Oh my goodness, this one is, so this is a question has been asked for probably d- like decades if not centuries. So I'm assuming you're talking about the idea of, of being caught checking out other individuals while you're with.
1: What I'm picturing for this answer is that classic meme of the boyfriend walking with his girlfriend looking <laughs> at the other girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it depends. It depends on what each, because there's this misconception that relationships are this uniform thing across the board. And it's not true. Like, you see typical trends and themes for sure, but every single relationship has their own dance that they do. So, what's okay and what's acceptable for one may not be acceptable for the other. So, you gotta ask motive. Is the person who's look, because the idea of looking at someone else who's attractive is a natural thing to do. Human beings, we look at things that are attractive. Um, We're evolutionarily. like, predisposed to do so. So to not do so is a choice. So you gotta ask yourself t- to what degree the person I'm with is making the choice to not check out mm-hmm. the the backsides of people who are walking by. Um, it's a choice that's more difficult for younger men. I would mm-hmm. definitely argue a hundred percent but it it's a choice,
1: nonetheless. Now, this last one, I feel like is more of a joke, but someone also said that you know it's time to break up when they don't like cinnamon toast crunch.
0: I you know what I would second that in that relationship right now uh I would throw Reese's uh peanut butter uh cup cereal I guess you could throw it in there too um yeah 100% and that 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 speaks to the compatibility like I actually was on a date like uh 10 years ago and I told a joke it was a I don't even remember the joke I do remember getting water thrown in my face afterwards um (laughs) and in that in that moment like whatever the joke was i realized that me and this person we ain't gonna make it like there's nothing here because this very benign level of compatibility with humor at a bar we missed each other mm-hmm. um well, she, she didn't miss me with the water um it was <laughs> it was december in dc so it was really really cold but it was a good lesson to learn that don't stick at, stick it out early on in a relationship with someone who you're not compatible with just to keep from being alone
1: Good, good advice right there. And we've been talking, you know, about breakups. And now we want to kind of get into the details of how to break up, you know, effectively. So can you give me some information on your thoughts on that?
0: So breaking up effectively requires planning. Like it always does. Like uh, before we came on mics uh, a few minutes ago, we were talking about the idea of if you break up on impulse, spur of the moment, it's an emotional response. And maybe it's effective, maybe. Um, But usually effective breakups are done when someone puts thought into it and in theory like like i said a second ago like if you're breaking up effectively that means you've given it some thought you plan out the time the appropriateness of how you're doing it and then the feelings of the person as you do it and the most powerful way of respecting a person's feeling is not leading them on um which is done a lot by people who are stuck in limbo not wanting to rock the boat, so they stay in a relationship to keep someone from crying. Which yeah. sounds really cold, as I say it, but it's true.
1: Yeah, I definitely I've, I've known a few people where It's just it's like, you know, it's time. But it's like, how do you how do you do it when you know it's time? And you just, you know, those emotions sometimes can be our best friend, but then also our worst enemy when it comes to doing some of the hard stuff. So
0: the biggest component is having an exit strategy. So, so many times people break up and they, they plan the conversation Mm -hmm. and then nothing else. So you actually have a conversation and you talk about like what, what needs are not being met. Typically is where people, people go. Um, And it doesn't matter what those needs are. If they're not being met, regardless, and a person's not happy, they probably logistically should go. But then after that point, how do you walk away physically? biggest one is like geographical location, mm-hmm. um, the idea of leaving a relationship with nowhere to go. Like that's a tough one if you are stuck in the same living arrangement, but deeper than that is like your, your technological uh, fingerprint,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like what you do on social media matters and who you actually look up or follow or read about. Even if it's peripheral Well, in reading about your ex on your friends instas. And Snapchat's et cetera matters, and it's it's kind of in a way it's it's sneaky where you're tricking yourself, you're allowing yourself to still keep tabs on a person without actually committing to saying that that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but emotional quarantine is is what I'm getting at.
1: Now, that's actually kind of interesting because one of our you know listeners actually said that. One of the, you know, effective ways to break up properly is just going cold turkey, cutting off communications with that person and just saying, hey, I need that time to myself to kind of just let me figure out who I am on my own again.
0: I don't inherently disagree because <laughs> <at, laughs> that is personally effective. Like if I jettison, for lack of a better term, dead weight, I don't want to. Throw anyone under the bus emotionally, but if I get rid of a part of my life that's not necessarily the most helpful, that's not necessarily a bad thing, so to speak. However, what it doesn't leave room for is the idea of having a breakup where you actually don't despise the other person. Mm-hmm. If, if the other person is being abusive, where you actually don't like them and they're not a good person and they're not kind to you, then by all means, like emotional quarantine—you cut off conversation, you clearly and explicitly state your needs. You by all means even start unfollowing people if you have to and disconnect yourself from that person so you're not even by chance coming across their social media um cool but if you actually like love the person you're breaking up with which happens sometimes like i love you but i don't really like you that much which is a tough pill for another person to swallow and the hardest thing to tell somebody that you still care about that's where the rub is
1: Mm. very good point there um, now, too, another one of our viewers, they actually said that they've never broken up with anyone. So, maybe for those folks out there, it's their first relationship, you know, what would you want to know, you know, during your first relationship that you now know, looking back? Me personally? Yes.
0: My first relationship. So, the first thing I, I, I'd say is, you don't have to get married. <laughs> you really don't um i say that because my first relationship official one at least i was we broke up when i was like 20 20 or 21 and for me i'm thinking i failed the relationship i'm thinking well we loved each other i'm supposed to get married to the first person i'm in love with that's what the movies say that's what i was told growing up that love is easy and part of that is true love is really easy but letting go of it is hard when you need to um also when it comes to compatibility, sexual compatibility is important and you're not a bad person for desiring it. It's something that is valuable, as valuable as making sure that we lack at the same jokes. Um, and I'm lactose intolerant. Don't drink milk on the first date.
1: <laughs>
0: you, you have to find another beverage. Uh, I found that out the hard way when I was in my teens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, I think our next question kind of ties into this one um, breakup etiquette after post separation. How do you handle that?
0: So that's where I made a reference to it a second ago, but the emotional quarantine. So breakup etiquette involves, again, with that exit strategy, if I'm going, let's say, for example, I'm living with my partner and we're going to break up. And then this is a few caveats provided I have the financial means to leave that place that we're living in. I would plan it. Um, How I would plan it, if I'm going to break up with my girlfriend at the time, I would say I would wait until there's an opportunity for me to possibly segregate my items, if possible. Maybe that's difficult, but if not necessarily possible before having the conversation, then you do so immediately after. So you have a conversation where you explicitly state your needs. I would try to do so in a place that's not in the home specifically. If you can, take them somewhere where it's potentially public, um, but not necessarily in the center of a mall, uh, maybe at a park or somewhere where it's relatively neutral, just in case things go south. You can actually have a a physical exit strategy where you can literally walk away if if you need to. Also, social norms keep people from acting a fool sometimes, and just the initiation of the conversation in a place where there's mutual safety might be helpful and then finding out ways to get your items out of that house. Um, But whatever you do, it has to be immediate. So if you're using friends to help buffer that separation, do so. But don't wait. Because if you wait, that's where things get squirrely, for lack of a better term.
1: So what do you have? You know, what are your thoughts? You know, you just broke up. You know, someone comes to you. Hey, I don't know what to do now.
0: (laughs) So the biggest component of a breakup, I think, is the opportunity to find yourself. And I know that sounds kind of corny. But like, truly find yourself. I'm talking sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> find your genes, uh, so to speak. And where oftentimes a breakup is an opportunity for self-discovery is maybe during the relationship you didn't know yourself as well as you thought you did. Um, for better or for worse, whether you're the breakup initiator or the one who's been, in, ostensibly speaking, dumped or broken up with. Um, part of the fun in that is actually recognizing like, OK, if I do this, my next relationship can be really successful. If I get to know who I am, I know what my needs are, my desires are, and where I find them in other people, my next relationship, I don't have to feel this way again, potentially, and if I do ever feel this way again, it's from an informed perspective, where I got here because I chose to be here versus on the receiving end of a a relationship disillusion, so to speak. Um,
1: Now, I I like that you mentioned, you know, knowing yourself, and I feel like like I can be like oh well before I got in this relationship I really felt like I knew how who I was and you know what I wanted but then sometimes you know you grow up you change and life happens and life changes your perspective on things so I think too it's always important to kind of you know reconnect with yourself whether or not you're in a relationship get to know who you are because I feel personally that I can't you know commit enough to a relationship unless I am happy with myself
0: sure a lot of relationships are like that moment in like a Disney flick where you have a couple who are holding hands and they're, they're on the dance floor and they're spinning and it looks beautiful and they have their nice tuxedo and their beautiful dresses and they look really gorgeous, but in life, the dance itself goes on for months, years. And the more you spin, the dizzier you get, and the less you have a perspective on the world around you. And it feels great initially. That's why we have an early honeymoon phases. After a while, you're spinning really fast and you're like, if I let go of this person, I'm going to go flying away from them and maybe crash and hurt myself. But if I hold on to this person, I can't see the perspective around me. And I'm twirling, holding on for dear life. So that's the hardest part about breaking up. But the beauty of it is once you do let go, you can take that fall and let yourself hit the ground which you probably will you give yourself a chance to recalibrate you get yourself to a point where you're actually feeling like "Okay, i was dizzy as hell for a long time with that one person but now we've let go and i'm recognizing that the ballroom that i thought i was in is an alleyway and it's gross in here <laughs> and i want to go and i want to learn how to dance again with somebody else and i think that's the the beauty of moving forward of after breaking up is you get a chance to get back on the dance floor so to speak in life
1: well we are getting ready to wrap up so final thoughts anything else you would like to share
0: um it's a thought that i have echoed a few times since coming in it's just patience 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 like love can take a while and it can be slow develop it like treat it like it's something special you take care of something good that something good takes care of you so take care of love.